This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Completely Fucking Clueless podcast. My name is Sarah Alice Liddy. And my name is Audrey Jean Flowers, and we both use she, her pronouns. That is right. And today, as you can see, we really do have a special guest. We say we have a special guest a lot of the time, but I think this one is very personal because you probably have seen us at like very interesting states. This is JP, and JP is a bartender at Henrietta Hudson, which you guys know we frequent to very often. It's the only place we go to. Yes. We go nowhere. Welcome to the pod. Yeah! (laughs) There quite often. Um, Do you go there on your free time? Yeah. Okay, that was a question that I had, because Liz is like, where are we going to go after this? And I was like, um, we only go to one place. Yeah, it is rough going on my days off, because typically they find a way to ask me to work, and then I'm like... Sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. And then I show up and I'm like, hey, y'all, I found time. <laughs> yeah. Well, calls out of work because you're sick, goes in that no, night. No, literally. Exactly. Well, it's bad. interesting because it is like one of the only, like, you know, like queer, especially female centric queer bars or like mm-hmm. non binary. So I feel like where else are you going to go? Options. There's like only two or three other options, unless you want to go to like a more like gale, gale, gay man traditional bar, mm-hmm. which I don't love going to a lot of the time. If you've seen our staff, it's like, it's a small world after all. It's literally every type of person and it's beautiful yeah yeah Yeah. everyone Everyone comes to hens it's a whole demographic every age race Mm -hmm. everyone i really do i i forget i was reading into like the history of hens and i really love i think they did it sometime after the pandemic where they officially like made their tagline like a queer bar built by lesbians yeah i think it's like just a beautiful way of putting it of like Mm -hmm. it is a queer space that is open to everyone but like acknowledging the history of it Mm. Founded by lesbians. Oh yeah. Wait, that's good to know because Olivia and I, Olivia is my partner, and last night we were trying to figure out like how to describe hens because I was like, I don't like necessarily. At least when I go in there, I don't feel like it's all lesbians. So I was like, how do I describe it? That that became their like official tagline. She said, "I did my research." I did my research. It's queer Disney State. World in my book. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's what I think of it. That's yeah. why I love to go to work every day. I'm like, you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to see. And even before I worked there, that was my number one bar. I was there every single day. And that's how I made all my friends. And it's so easy to make friends. Yeah. I went there sober. I went there not sober and made all different types of friends that I still talk to to this day. I love people watching there. <laughs> Yeah, no, that... I bet. You know how they say you could sit on a corner in Manhattan for 30 minutes and see something you've never seen? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do it in hens. Mm -hmm. Even more intense. That is so funny. Well, that's actually our first question for you is like, why did you want to work at hens? Before you start... Oh, yeah. You want to pour the shot? Sorry, guys. I'm like, I keep, I'm going into podcaster mode, but we are going to take a shot. I just wanted to make it so you could put the bottle down. Yes. And be more. Holding it, being ready to do it. Audrey's my natural state, just holding (laughs) the bottle. (laughs) Audrey's a good host. I'm like going into it. But you're the one who looks at the questions that we've written down. (laughs) 
We always say, I get us off the rails, she keeps us on. That is 100% right. All right. Pass. Oh my God, look at these cute little cups. They're so adorable. Little tins. My favorite chocolate glass that I this have is, gonna be is the like most- a very vintage Playboy one that's like a little sexy lady. Ooh. But it's also big and I always underestimate how big it is and how much liquor is in it. So that's another reason I like it. That's great. Cheers, you guys. Happy podcasting from over here. I'll change, change. Oh, uh, you didn't, you're not doing your eye thing. She does this very intense eye contact. You'll have bad sex for seven years. Can't risk that. Uh, I always say I've had too much bad sex to risk it. mm, Sorry, that sentence was taken over by my reaction. Thank you. Mm. I hate that that tasted like water for me. She's like, and I need Sarah's water. See, I only take green tea shots, and green tea shots are, like, sweet. Yeah, it's Jameson masked in uh, mm-hmm. peach schnapps. And Look at her. She's like, I just, I, 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 I become- a single tear comes down. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I, well, we did it, you guys. See, I told you we, we go out sometimes. I, I really just, I'm, 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 a, I'm a weeby person mostly, which is. So funny because I remember being such a little judgmental bitch about we No, same, same. <laughs> I've recently gotten into because my partner and I went to Salem, and I you suggested this dispensary, and I was like kind of just curious about dabbling more with like edibles and stuff like that because I have anxiety and stuff. And now I'm like doing them like twice a week. I'm just <laughs> too depressed to drink very often. Mm, yeah, I get that side effects, and they are like a depressant, except for tequila. No, that's I, actually a myth. I looked it up the other day. That is not really? true. So Snapple lied to me? I guess. <laughs> Wait, that was on Snapple? <laughs> that was my Snapple fun fact of the day. But no, I, finally, I went and Googled it because yeah. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I wonder why that is. And so I went and Googled it and it's fully a myth. Oh, love and that. they think the reason why people have that association that came to be, sorry, this is going to be a mini rant. No, it's okay. Is because where you tend to drink different things. Like the occasion you'll drink wine is different than like tequila shots tend to be for going out when you're always mm. sort of amped up. So that's why I think we have this association with it. But no, it is also depressant. It's alcohol. Good. I don't even like tequila. Yeah. I didn't want it to have any more pros. Well, I'm still going to drink tequila anyway. <laughs> yeah, Audrey drinks tequila. I'll drink I just tequila don't. tonight for you. Uh, okay, now let's get into it because I want to know all the tea. I've been waiting for this interview. I'm like, I'm so excited to like just get to know you more because I feel like we see each other in a very like you're working and so uh, there's professional y'all boundaries. Busy. And, yeah, and you're busy. Always busy. Um, so tell us, why do you decide to work ahead? I love this question. Okay, give it to us. Because it's completely, completely fucking clueless. Yeah. It's, it's that's the story. I was not planned. I'm very much a person that lives in the present. Okay. To the max. I moved out um, and moved to upstate New York and started managing a sushi bar in Binghamton, New York. Okay. Never had sushi a day in my life. <laughs> I swear to God. I looked at the menu. It's all in Japanese. Oh I've never touched fish because my mother's like, you're not going to like it. I don't like it. Like, right. That's how that works. <laughs> Taste preferences get passed down. But yeah, I was managing a sushi bar during COVID times. Yeah. Getting... A little money from the government. And <laughs> I woke up one day and I was like, I can afford to live in Brooklyn. So I did. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Brooklyn. And I'm like, okay, so now I'm in Brooklyn and I have no job. <laughs> and this was the time where everyone's like, COVID's over. It's fine. And then Omicron hit. Yeah. yeah I got, yeah. And I was like, Liz oh, and I both got Omicron, actually. <laughs> I got it on uh, no, Halloween, Christmas. My yes. whole family got it over Christmas. I managed to not get it. Came back to New York. Got Week it. later, I get it. We, I'm a little ashamed of my story behind it. We went to SantaCon 
Um, and I was working SantaCon and that's how uh, I got uh, it. So, yes. And so Liz texts our group chat and is like, Hey guys, like, I just want to let you know, like the girls that we went to this Harry Styles bar night with texted us and said they got COVID. I was with them and I just tested positive, but I bet you guys are okay. And you know, because I was babysitting kids at the time, I was like, let me just like see. And I had COVID. I was supposed to fly to Utah and go ski. And I hadn't taken a flight yet in COVID. Uh, and then I tested positive the day before I was supposed to take my first flight of COVID. So I've only taken two flights on COVID. So COVID kept you from Utah. It did. Thank you, I COVID. wasn't able to <laughs> ski. Well, it was for skiing. Oh, okay. Fun activities. She's like love. skiing. We love, we love. <laughs> skiing on my parents' dime. Oh, we love their that guests, even think, more. Their guests got COVID. And so they were like, you and your best friend can come if you want. And so because I tested positive, my best friend uh, didn't get to go either. And she's oh. a little better. Oh, my Trudia. gosh. Julia. But yes, why, hens? Tell us all. Yeah. So, yes, Brooklyn. Sorry. Brooklyn. Bring it back. I'm in Brooklyn. I was on the border of Bushwick and Ridgewood. Me and my cat taking on the world. Aww. The big city. <laughs> and I was like, I have no job and rent is a lot here. Yeah. And I had enough of a cushion from the president <laughs> that I could, uh, you know, live a little bit without working. And then it got to a point where I was like starting to get financially insecure. And I was like, I need to find something to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what. Got me in the rabbit hole of when you need money and you live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I started doing extra work, you know, behind the scenes. Oh, the yes. camera. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I also do stand-up comedy. Yes, we do know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little side gig. Just <laughs> a little hobby. So I had headshots and everything. Okay, and cool. it was easy to just, like, make a profile on the site that yeah. hires extras and, like, put in for different things. Yeah. And that's how I ended up on the set of And Just Like That. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which I had never seen sex in the city a day in my life. Wait, that is so <laughs> I just missed that phase. I met a girl, like, a year later that educated me on that. But I had no idea what sex in the city oh, was. Oh, I watched it in high school, coming of age. It, like, it, like it's, an, it's an iconic. I watched yeah. some of it in high school. I knew it's, it was iconic. Yeah. I heard of the name. Didn't know anything about it. Yeah. yeah. So I, they just tell you, like, it's so sketchy. They're like, show up right. here. And then they just... No, tell you where to go. Told, I'm like, I could be murdered. This is no, like 5 a.m. and I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like, fully. I'm just so close and praying. <laughs> so <laughs> close to death. So many times for a quick bag. One time when I went to one, because it was literally like 4 a.m. that I was going to catch a train, a random man started chasing me. Uh, and I managed to escape him. But then I was running because I was running late because I was running away from the man chasing me. And a man who was on a bike, there was literally no one around. He pulled over and he was like, Hey, are you running from someone? And I was like, no, I'm just running late. And you know, that made me feel so good about the city that this man pulled his bike over and was like, hey, are you running from someone? (laughs) Just to make sure. And I was like, no, but thank you. I was earlier. People do care. (laughs) (laughs) So I end up on the set. We're filming in Chelsea Market. Okay. For some scene and... Um, I see Sarah Jessica Parker, Sly. which in my brain, I was like, that's the girl from New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that like movie with all those celebrities? Yeah, yeah. It, no, that was a bad movie. Yeah. yeah. Like Leah Michelle's are. in it. Like, yeah. That's what I <laughs> they were a guilty pleasure. I enjoyed the film. I saw it with my mother in the movie theater. Uh, great memory. And I was like, oh my God, what is she doing here? <laughs> And then, like, the other extras are like, do you know where you are? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> I Googled how to get here. There was a bunch of letters, a bunch of trains underground, and now I'm here. Yeah. And she, she's like, oh, excuse me. And I'm like, oh, no no problem, yours, Eve lady. And then I found out what, and just like that was, it was a spinoff. About of her. her. Yeah. About her. Yeah. The, yeah, she's yeah. the main character. Yeah. <laughs> she's the, the main character. 
And so that was fun. I was there for like 16 hours. Oh my God. Because they just like do the same scene yeah. over and over and over. Especially with that big of a show, they're not going to risk anything. And they had to like shut down multiple stores in Chelsea oh my Market. God. Which I'm sure it was a pretty penny. But yeah, I got out at like maybe 2 a.m. Oh. They fed us well. I will say that. <laughs> Ate the best food I had had in a long time there. And then I went to Cubby Hole after. Okay. Yeah. And then I ended up on a set for like a Disney original movie. Okay. Which is hilarious. I'm, I like watch these movies just because I know I'm in the background to see where I am. Yeah. And I remember being on that set and trying to get someone to talk to me, like fake talk to me. Yeah. And nobody wanted anything to do with me. And that's the fucking, that's, am I allowed to curse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The okay. title is a swear. I know. I just want to make sure. <laughs> no, you're so good. That's the fucking scene <laughs> that they got is me in the background like, because you know what? <laughs> Pretending act, to act. You are, what was it? Uh, what's that line about something in acting that we learned at school? Uh, living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. There you go. You were living truthfully. Like you were I trying was. to talk to people. And so no. that action is probably what they were like, that's real. They, like, like, they were like, real. we don't care about what's happening here. What's, what's happening back what's there? What's there? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I the love truth that story. is. It's so funny. I look so goofy at the time too. My hair was like after a terrible experience with a hairdresser that did oh. not know how to cut curly hair yeah. just gave me like a little fro oh, and I had bangs and I looked, looked a little weird. <laughs> did the style did not fit my face. And yeah, no one wanted to talk to me, but that was caught on camera. That was amazing yeah. um, to have in history forever. And then I ended up in a pyramid scheme, which everyone should. At least once in your life, you should be in a pyramid scheme. Oh and I was um, selling insurance for about a week. <laughs> um, spending more money than I was making to have that job because you need to get like certified by mm. the state, which I don't even know if that's real. They could have made that up. And I took that test four times and failed. So then oh after God. that, I was like, you know what? I got to bartend again because that's what I did at the sushi bar. So I started bartending at a comedy club okay. slash bar. And it was a terrible experience. And um, <laughs> then I randomly walked to Hens one day to drown out my sorrows on New Year's Eve. Back to New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. It all circle, comes circle. full circle. It was New Year's <laughs> Eve and they were throwing a party and I went there extremely hammered and just happened to run into the owner. Mm. I mean, she was giving cookies. Aww. I love Lisa. She That's so insane. cute. And I was like, I would love a cookie. Knowing I hadn't eaten in like three days. So I love a cookie, please. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I used to bartend and like blah, blah, blah. Just like random conversation. I'm like, yeah, I do stand-up comedy. I have everything you can eat. I'm a Gemini. I have everything. <laughs> you pick a personality and I will give that personality to you. Oh my God. On a daily basis. And yeah, they called me in the next day. Oh shit. And were like, are you willing to do anything? And I was like, yes. <laughs> are you willing it sounds like a cult are you willing to do anything like, back in yes, another pyramid I scheme I was no literally I was so willing I'm like I just exited one might as well start a new one no but they they at the time since it was Omicron we were making hens a quarantine space so everyone needed to get a rapid test before they came in uh, whole, before you got into the bar yes oh, and you'd be surprised so expensive Oh, so expensive. But I mean, Lisa really prioritized how the safety, safe, yeah, the safety, like to like, safe space to I, a whole nother level. No. I wonder if like the cost of COVID tests was like even like how much money could they possibly have been making with the cost of how many tests? I have no idea. But wow. that space was quarantined. How like, many people like were allowed in there during that time? Like the exact amount. Okay. Was that was I guess whatever the the, the rule. Yeah, 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 the occupancy yeah. rules. But I was the person that had to make all of these people showing up proper drunk, proper yeah. twisted. Yeah. I had to make them fill out paperwork 
to get the information from their COVID test. <laughs> Which, like, I get I was the newest hire. That's the stepping stone. The okay, first so you started, stone. like, kind of at the bottom, started, and then you get... Yeah, okay. that's how everything starts at hands. You okay. start at the bottom, you earn your way to the top. Okay, like, and so just, the top is, like, being behind the bar. Yeah, you can't okay. just hop into being a bartender. No matter, no matter how much experience you have, like, you have to start... Doing either wristbands, bathroom line, bar backing. Okay. And, you know, prove that you respect the space and the people there and put in the work. Okay. Which I really respect. Yeah, that's cool to know because, you know, as somebody, like, who goes there and we see all the different people and their different, like, ways, it's really interesting to hear that. If you're there long enough, you'll see them, like, slowly move up and then new people come in. Okay. (laughs) Wait, now I got to, like, see – because there's a couple people I've noticed that are new. Now I got to, like, look at my – look at their trajectory. Yeah. No, it's so cute because, like, anyone – can become a bartender yeah they are a bar back first and I'm training a bar back right now to be a bartender and just like teaching them how to make a green tea shot and I'm like you're gonna do great sweetie and so yeah I was teaching people how to fill out paperwork or like holding their hands (laughs) as they were like I just want tequila and I'm like just write your email right there (laughs) just really quick really quick then go over there go get your rapid yeah that was wild and then you know moved up, started doing wristbands, then it was bar backing, and then I started doing happy hour, which is like six to eight. Yeah. And bartending, and then bartended the front bar, and then bartended the back bar. So is the back bar like the place to be? In my opinion. No, we love, I love the back bar. bar. I love the back bar. It's easy to get to. I'll never forget like my first pride. Not most. Some of the people don't know it's there. So generally, there's less people there. There There's less people there. And typically people come in the front. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's first drink, then they go on dance floor party, and then front bar takes care of the rest. Yeah. But no, I love it so much. Oh, that's so great. How how were like, I mean, I guess it was different because you were working like during COVID, but maybe shifting to like when you started bartending. Like how were those first few shifts? Like was it overwhelming? At Hens? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, because happy hour is very chill. Okay, okay, okay. The people that come in are very. So they really like kind of work you up to like the big, no, the big truly. spot. Yeah, yeah, you take every step. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love the back bar. I have such a thick ass too. When I was in the front bar, because <laughs> the front bar has two bartenders. No, I know. So you have to like shift past each other a lot, yeah. and it's like this ass. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You just can't. But the back bar is perfect because it's just me. I just love- rapid pace, and I love speed. Yeah, I mean, that is, like, wait, that's, like, such an important part of it all is, like, the speed of it all because, oh, like, people can, something in the brain. yeah, oh, <laughs> I love that because, like, not even thinking about that, like, how fast you probably have mm-hmm. to make, like, every single drink mm-hmm. and, like, think about it because I know we'll go up and be like, can we have a double of this, a double of that and, like, four shots. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a lot. You'll see me, like, shaking with one hand, setting up cups the other hand. Yeah. The POS the other. Oh, God, I love it. Oh, see, but that's, like, so cool that, like, like that you love and like it yeah. gives you like that piece of joy and passion and stuff. Like I think that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, not using my degree that I'll be in debt for for the next 40 years, but who I'm is thriving? Who is? Who is? We I got a deg- we got our degrees in music theater, like musical theater. Oh yeah, you, you did we're right. Yeah. Oh, we don't we have like, a BFA in music we theater. We have our BFAs in music theater. We went to Elong University. Oh my god. Yeah, that's how we met. And I went to an arts high school. Yeah. So where I'm- I majored in theater. I love that. Yeah. Theater girls so and ready. And if you want to hear a story about Liz, how Liz and I got really close was I was in 
a show my senior year is called Anything Goes, and I was practicing my taps in the back. And I'm, on a wood floor. Or something, no, on or tile, tile floor. Even worse. And my tap slipped, and I broke my. I landed right on my elbow, and I broke my elbow. And so the show must go on. So we did the show with me like fully, like in a sling and cast for everything. And so I needed somebody to dress me, and I got to pick who that person was. And Liz and I had always been like acquaintances, but never had been really close. But I trusted her, and so she was the person that did all my quick changes for me and that's when we really got close oh my that'll get you close nope. yeah. her and I became very good friends when we were in the same friend group and we were very much friends but when she came out as gay we became better friends and then when I knew like we're really fucking friends she asked me to help her take some sexy photos for her partner for Valentine's Day and I was like okay so we're friends yeah like, so y'all close close yeah mm-hmm. so I was like I feel like I could only do this <laughs> it was so much fun I was like art director I know we had like the red light uh-huh. like it was you a, vibe. a playlist it was yes it was I vibe. the creativity what are your signs um I I'm, know Liz is a Gemini I'm the yes. first day of Libra Libra I'm okay. a Pisces Pisces Oh my god. Yes, Pisces double Leo, if that means anything. I'm a double Leo in the other signs. Oh wow. I know. That's a lot. <laughs> my best friend is a double Taurus, My partner would say the same. I don't know what Tauruses really are, but I know that she stubborn tells evil. people a lot. Yeah, I'd say Julia's pretty fucking stubborn. She's yeah. a double Taurus. Who? Julia. Oh. I'm seeing someone that's a triple Capricorn. And so what I don't know if that's mean? good or bad. I a long-standing bit in my stand-up has been that I hate Capricorns. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I start out my shows being like, I'm a Gemini. Uh, where are my Capricorns at? Like, and if people raise their hand, like, me, me, me. I'm like, okay, I just want to know to stay away from. Like, I can't stand a Cap. Okay, They're now cool. that you're talking about somebody that you're seeing, I'm going to shift and let's get into dating really quickly because oh. I have so many questions. Um, honestly, let's start with hens. Do you, for lack of a better term here, do the hens employ shit where they eat? No. Okay. Good. No. We, Good. we know better. Okay. We, yeah. It's just messy. You know, you got to keep a professional environment and like, you know, lesbians. What starts so quick and passionate ends just as quickly and passionately. Sure. I'm literally in this, <laughs> I forget, I think I was telling one of my coworkers who's also like a queer female about this, like I'm in this group that's like a group therapy for queer people with depression and anxiety that we meet on Sundays. And the first question my friend had was like, oh, do you think any of y'all are going to start hooking up? And I was like, well, A, it's over Zoom. We're not meeting in person. And no. Yeah. <laughs> no, why was that your first question? I feel like I have I to ask know. because you see shows like Vanderpump Rules, like on reality TV shows, and like you're like watching them all have relationships with each other. So I'm wondering, like, let's say the cameras are away. Like, is that actually happening? Okay. Okay, <gasps> give us the tea. I see the tea in your eyes. <laughs> I will say right now, with the staff we have, no one has been involved with each other. Okay. But there have been other points situations. In the past, may or may not okay. have okay. shot Nate and shit Nate. <laughs> shot Nate again. <laughs> Are you talking about yourself personally or other people? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, You know. Okay, and let's say if it were you, if it were you, how world. have you gone about, you know, the professional boundary mm-hmm. and like kind of mm-hmm. figured that out? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Sarah. Oh, I'm so happy you asked. Um, I'm nosy. <laughs> well, you know, 
sometimes things end good. Yeah. And sometimes they don't. Right. Mm -hmm. And when they don't, people sort of leave. Mm. And, uh, you know, it might be too intense of an environment. And then that's how we learn from our mistakes. And we're like, hey, we should be more professional in the future to avoid the situation. I mean, I will say no, like, two bartenders have ever been together. Because that oh, would be crazy. That would be, like, yeah. Like, working next to each other. Damn. Like, bumping each other to get the Jameson, like. Mm. <laughs> you didn't wash the dishes this morning. Like, oh, my God. It would be too much. It'd yeah. Be too much. But, you know. Okay, so we're, now we're all hot and queer. Come on. No, I know. It's just like time kids. together. We spend like, so much time right. together. Right. And I think like no matter what, like if yeah, when you're working with somebody, I just think like there is like I worked okay. I worked in a summer stock um right after college um in Indiana. And like the amount of relationships that happen. And I think it is, you're working together, you're living together. And so you just make a connection with somebody and it, it sort of happens. So I feel like it's only like a natural part of life, no, you know? It, yeah. It's so natural. And being that we're all queer, it's like, yeah, well, you're asking for it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we've definitely, we're, we're like the most solid we have been now because we have learned from mistakes in the past. That's good. And, you know, we just have such a solid team now. I'm very happy. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's we're all awesome. just like we're literally family. That's so yeah. nice. No more hencest. No more. <laughs> okay, uh, not allowed. So in my high school, that's what we would call dating within your major, within your grade. We call it incest. Yeah, because it is. Because mm-hmm. you know you're so close. You spend so much time with people. I, I mean, I see the hens crew more than I've seen my family. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys, and especially <laughs> your guys' hours. Like you're there. I mean, yeah. I think you're one of the yeah. like you guys stay up until four fucking a.m. Yes. Like that's a long fucking time. Yeah. I go to bed at ten p.m. most nights. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the sun in three years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm at hens Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow. Which makes dating even harder because it's like, yeah. Yeah. they're like, do you want to go on a date? You're off Sunday or you're off Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, at what time? Yeah. Because either Sunday or Monday, I'm sleeping the full 24 hours. Right. And then with my body clock, I'm not waking up till the sun goes down. You want to get coffee? (laughs) You want to get coffee at 8 p.m.? Maybe 9? I'm going to be late. So your dating life, are you like on the apps? Like how have you been dating in New York City? I feel, okay, we're going to preface this with our audience will come to us with a lot of questions about dating, especially in the queer community. I'm a serial monogamous. very helpful. I've been with my partner for like three and a half years. We met when we were 12 and 13. Like, you You're know. happy. We get yeah, it. Happy. Every time she talks about it, I'm like, and they're cute and it's disgusting. And perfect. We get it. Um, but, and then you're like, I'm not into dating right now. So we're like, we don't give the best advice on it. So I think like I don't feel like dealing with people. I'm also on a very high dose of SSRIs. So <laughs> I feel you on that. Lexapro, Effexor, Wellbutrin. So yeah. like, I've been through them all. It's like, <sighs> Much oh to my God. mom's disappointment. <laughs> I mean, they work. They work. Yeah, they do. They do. They yeah. do. They also work at doing something else. Yeah, they do. That's why I'm not on them right now, but <laughs> have been on them for the past two, three years. Yeah. So what's your dating life like? I mean, I'm kind of an old school. They, them now. I like to meet people in person. I do. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's like my biggest problem with dating apps is like, I feel like a lot of people are like this, but like, I can't even tell if I'm attracted to someone via a dating app. Like, 100%. whereas if I meet someone in person, I know within five seconds That's if I want to be in Why am I going to, why are you going to talk to someone for like three, four weeks via text and I, then meet them in five minutes and be like, oh, I don't. Like you do when that. I'm on dating apps, I literally say like, "Hey, can we skip the chit chat and just meet up in person?" That's exactly my opening Slight line. Slay, Audrey. Yeah. 
Hi, where do you want to meet? Because also if you do all the uh, bullshit questions ahead of time, then what are you going to talk about when you meet them in exactly. person? Exactly. That's another thing. I've done that and then I've gone to the date and I'm like, so I know every detail about your entire life past trauma, zodiac sign, <laughs> your three exes. It's, it's a past trauma. <laughs> we have trauma bonded via hinge. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And now we're sitting in a bar. What do we do? Yeah. I have been on the apps, especially when I first moved to Brooklyn and didn't know a single soul. Yeah. And I was doing comedy, so I was like, I need some something to work with here. Yeah. Let's go on some bad dates. Okay. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> I get, like, literally, I think I said this to the Olivia the other day. The date is to get content I was, for the podcast. Literally. Fully. I was like, Audrey needs to start it's going amazing. on dates for content. Yeah, I was I'll like, everyone's overhearing about you know, my story. Now that I'm a couple months out of my like six month depressive spiral, I feel like maybe it's time to start dating again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's fun. And you know, you don't have to continue or yeah. start anything. You can just, you know, see what's out there. And then you're like, never mind, I was fine alone. And then you can <laughs> stop or you can be like, I'm in love and we're moving in next week. <laughs> Literally. What is your like go-to first date? Like coffee, dinner, Ooh. what is it? I am a child at heart. I am. I just love fun things. So my first date is like, we're either going to Build-A-Bear, Dave & Buster's, some sort of arcade. Oh my God, like we're doing that's something so fun. fun. I think activity dates are the yeah, best. Activity Food dates are the best. A lot. Yeah. Nah. Build a bear. I don't want to go to Builder Bear now. No. I love that's my, that. my ideal first date. Is that's so bear. cute. Wait, that's really yeah. cute. It's so oh. fun. It's especially really cute if the relationship works out. You get a if souvenir. Less. Yeah. Less cute. You know, <laughs> I have a lighter. You could just burn whatever you made. And then you start fresh. You know? Oh my God. No, but have a little ceremony. We'll love it. Yeah, a little ceremony <laughs> to cool. mourn the week long relationship. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever at Hens? Because I, okay, I imagine. There's only like Cubbyhole and hens really like in the city proper. I imagine that there's a lot of people that go in there and try and flirt with you and give you their number. Have That's you never happened? Oh, I was like <laughs> JP. I was like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> I was uh, flabbergasted. That just comes with being a bartender. There's okay. also a weird thing that I've noticed that when people are drunk, they are more attracted to who is sober. And like mm. seeing me work, I feel like people are attracted to seeing me being sober and working while they can't look at their phone with an eye open. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've really dove into that dynamic and I'm currently writing co comedy on it because it's just, it's so interesting. That's so interesting. Really. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Maybe because I feel like more vulnerable. They're like, this person is they're sober. In they're in control. Right. They can take care of me. And I'm like, I am not getting home till 6 a.m. I live in Long Island. You ain't, like, you know. Have you ever gone on a date with somebody that's giving you their number at Hens? Yeah. You have. No. No. <laughs> um, but it's cute, you know. I've I've fallen in love for a single week and then, you know, you start fresh the next week. But... <laughs> I love that. That's so <laughs> I'm funny. very much a hopeless romantic. Oh, so yeah. literally and same here. People I mean, it's just the way I present, they them, more mask. People look at me and assume I'm a fuckboy. So when they see me working bartending with I would say you do give fuckboy energy. I can't help it. But I think it's funny because people give me their number and like, you know, if I'm like attracted to them, I'm like, all right, let's go on a date. And they're like, oh my God, like, yeah, let's fuck. And I'm like, I brought you flowers. Oh my oh. God. Wait, that's <laughs> melting my heart. Like that's, uh, that's so sweet because I think like, especially in like the type of, you know, 20s, like you're 25, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like at our age, like it can really go either way. It's either the, there's people that are looking for a, like something serious, like a relationship or it's like, let's fuck. Um, but mixing those two people is like yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's rough being the opposite of what you present because then you attract mm -hmm. a certain type of person and people just think I'm fucking every single person that comes to hands and gives me their number and I'm like no. I, I need to get you know I'm a little I need to be a little more emotionally invested and 
So, yeah. Do you feel like you like the attention that, like, the Hens customers give you? Depends on the day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It depends on the day. And, like, you know, I show up to work sometimes, and I'm like, I don't really like my outfit, or, you know, I feel bloated, and I, I, I'm not feeling my best. So when people flirt with me, I'm just like, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Have there ever been times where it's, like, uncomfortable because like I like I worked as a hostess like I know there was times where people would flirt with me and it's like I have to be nice to you because this is my right, job yes. but particularly because I worked at a yacht club in my hometown so there was old men who had literally watched me growing up and I was like mm. please stop flirting with me oh, yeah. is there ever like a point where it's like too much hey I'm trying to do my job yes and I, you have to sort of work around that the best you can while still having a smile and being mm -hmm. professional so there has been a few certain times and an incident or two where people just take things too far, try and come behind the bar, and you're like, you can't. No way. Or like, kiss me, and I'm like, I am your bartender. I am on the clock. I'm not kissing you. There's a full room of people on the dance floor that are looking to be kissed. Just Look. get in there. Yeah. Get in there. My partner brought that up, like, thinking about, I forget where the fuck we were, but somebody was, like, flirting with, like, uh, one of the bartenders, and Olivia was like, they're like working. Like yeah. it's just like so yeah. inappropriate. Like they can't like really do anything about it. And what if they don't want that attention? Like I think there's a way to like do it and be like, hey, like I'm interested. Here's my number. And then like walking the fuck away. Bingo. <laughs> and know? that's the thing. The one patron that I did have a little situation ship with sure. for a period of time did it perfectly. And I was it was getting on my nerves that day because people were like keeping me from doing my job and trying yeah. to like get to know me while I'm working. Yeah. And she came up to me and was like, listen, I know you're working, which is the first thing everyone says. Listen, I know you're working, mm -hmm. but... And then they either do it respectfully or go into long tangents and are asking a bunch of questions and there's a bunch of people waiting for drinks. But so she came up after I was already a bit agitated. She goes, listen, I know you're working. I'm like, what? Like, I was done with it at that moment. I was like, what? She goes, I know you're working. Here's my number. I think you're cute. Walks away. Wow. Yeah. She's like, I know you're working. I don't want to like interrupt. Here's my number. Instagram, whatever. Hit me up if you're interested. And that was, that's all it took. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a good move because like hearing you talk about it, like I feel like that's so hard to like be working and trying to focus and trying to serve people. But then somebody's sitting here like asking you deep life questions yeah. to try and like possibly get with you. No, <laughs> like a fast paced place exactly. like shit you need to do There's it's not lot. like you yeah. can just like yeah like yeah. I'm thinking about like being what's there right like, now like, <laughs> like where's the leather couch let's sit down and talk about our daddy yes. issues no we can't do that <laughs> we cannot but. what are like some of the best parts of working in hens and some of the most challenging I'd say the most challenging is working with drunk people yeah yeah and, and being that hens is a safe space like hens is the only bar in any borough that will take care of you. Mm -hmm. If we see you getting sick or anything, we are there. You lose something, we're going to help you find it. Yeah. We There was this girl that made a TikTok actually about like an earring that was her grandmother's. She's like, I lost his earrings. These were the bars I was at and I saw it and I looked in like our lost and found and I found oh it. Oh my god! And we got it back to her and she was like, it was so sentimental and like the TikTok kind of went viral. Like, we will hold the things you lose for months on end. Yeah. Waiting for you to come back and get it. We've, you know, we, we set up a chair. We have so, so many security guards, too. Oh, so much I love the hen security. Oh, yeah. They will pick you up off the ground, put you in a chair, give you water. How are you getting home? Where do you live? We're getting you an Uber. We're getting you a cab. Like, 
we will take care of you. The amount of times I've been in a bar and just like on the floor, had a, had a bad night, like yeah. after a breakup, and you're just like, yeah, I'm sleeping on this floor tonight, like <laughs> covered in spilled spill drinks, feces, who knows? <laughs> like, it's crazy the amount of effort that gets put in to make hens a safe space. Yeah, you can, I mean, as somebody that goes there, and especially, so like I came out in 2020, um, and it was my first pride was, I forget when, uh, not this, past, not this past year, the year before. And I went to a drag brunch with two of my friends and they're both straight. And they were like, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to go? And I was like, well, there's these two bars that I know. And like, I've never been to them and I'm really nervous. And so they, we went to Cubby Hole first, but I wanted to dance. So they're like, let's go try hens. And I came, I went into hens and I was like, this is so much fun. And ever since like, that's and the only place I go when I, or one of the only places I go. If somebody wants to go somewhere else, like I'm like, fine, but it's not as fun. Um, but, and I'm just like, I think the reason I love it so much is because I feel like so safe and so accepted and I can be so myself in there. And I think, you know, I spent 10 years pushing down a lot of the shit that happened in my early teens. And so um, I think it's so nice to get to go to a place and not have to worry about all that like shit, you know? Yeah, there's no worries at all. Yeah. Literally accept everyone. And I remember like hearing stories of like way back when where I was like, if this is a lesbian bar, men get rejected at the door or you have to bring a certain amount of mm. queer women with yeah. you. And like even lesbians getting into a gay bar, which like now everyone goes everywhere. Right. But like a lesbian goes to a gay bar and they're like, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. Walk away, you know? Yeah. And now it's like, everyone just wants to have fun with everyone. Yeah. And I love that. That's my favorite part of it. We have like several... <laughs> we have several straight friends was what I was about to say which most people do but <laughs> I really do forget that like most of the world is straight and is outside of the little bubble I've concocted yeah. for myself but like Weird. they love coming out to hens with oh, us oh yes and they have asked like hey is it fine that I'm here I'm like yeah absolutely yeah. yes and, like, it's just like they have so much fun too and it's like I don't have to be scared here no, not at all yeah. Which it's crazy how much more fun you have when you're not actively scared. No, that's the thing. That's what I've noticed. Like a lot of straight women will come to hens just to dance with their friends because they are not in fear of Literally, no. I saw a TikTok about this the other day of somebody who we're interviewing in a couple weeks. And she was like, I just wish there was somewhere I could go with my friends to have a good time. And I was thinking about why I have enjoyed going out so much more as like a post -gratter. And I'm like, like it's because like, I don't have to like fear people looking at me, making judgments on me and my body. And it's like when I go into straight bars now and there's so many men there, like I'm just like straight white men. I'm like, it's a, it's a lie. I'm like, holy shit. Like I feel very different than I feel like when I'm at hens. And I think like my mindset goes back to like being in college and going to frats and like feeling perceived and like, what do people think of me? And like all of these things. Yeah, that's what I feel is like so scary for me because my whole world is the queer community and Henrietta Hudson yeah that like I can't remember the last time I was at a straight bar like I'm terrified to walk into a straight bar I don't even know what would I do like, yeah I mean it's interesting you know like yeah it's my not my place it's interesting I went over the summer I went with my dad um and a couple of like his friends and I brought some of my friends and my partner we went to this bar in like Jersey and like there was a band I love like live music so we were into it but I looked around and I was like wait like, oh my gosh, there are so many men here. And then like, I went to my partner. I was like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm like not really being like normal because I'm like freaking out just a little bit. And they were like, no, yeah, I get that. Like this is, yeah, there's like a reasonable, uh, a reason to not feel like you can 100% be yourself in here, yeah. you know? But like, 
even like on the like flirting aspect, I've like I something I've been aware of. Like I've been out since I was in high school. No one even remembers me in any degree coming out to anyone. No one knows. Uh, everyone just knew, I guess. I don't know. Um, but like I'm so aware and I've always been like so afraid of that like idea of the predatory lesbian that's like so much within pop cultures and like movies and whatnot. But like within hens, like knowing that it is a queer centric space, like it's just somewhere there, like, you know, you can go and you can flirt with a girl. And even if she says no, or she says that she's straight, like, you know, she most likely won't. And she doesn't have the right to flip out at you as long as you're not hitting on her in a weird, uncomfortable way. Yeah. Like, you know that it is fine. Like, I don't I would not go up to a girl in a regular bar and flirt with them. Mm -hmm. I would in hens. Just because th there is an expectation of this is okay yeah it's like truly i mean if i could choose my world that's the world yeah mm -hmm. you know everyone i know is queer yeah everyone and that's just how i choose to live my life and that's something like my parents don't even understand They're like mm. why does everyone have to be gay and it's like, mm. i'm gay why does everyone have to be straight you're straight like that's your world this is my world and that's where i feel like most of the conflict comes with mm. all that but have you shared your coming out stories on the pod yeah have. you have you want to share yours yeah. yeah yeah go for it tell us so i came out in 2015 <laughs> And I say came out with the air quotes because um, pretty much my dad walked in on me having sex with my girlfriend. <laughs> and That'll do it. At that point, yeah, I was out. But it, it was a blessing in disguise because I was like, I mean, growing up in Long Island, having Republican parents. Yeah. yeah. It was just like not something I was going to be ready for probably ever. Yeah. And it was something like they, you know, had a hunch. They knew before I did. But. Yeah, coming out to them was just something I couldn't even visualize how I'd go about doing. I had, like, no education, no queer knowledge whatsoever or anything like that. Probably, like, only, like, auto straddle. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's how I came out. And then, actually, I wrote a poem about that. Oh. That's so gay. Which is so gay. <laughs> <laughs> so gay. My sister and I so talk gay. about this. She has, like, a little notes app thing of poetry, and I have a little notes app thing of song lyrics. And I'm like, that's so gay it's of so us. It's so gay. <laughs> and I love it, though. And I submitted it to, like, a literary arts competition and won second place. Oh, my gosh. Place, I was like, oh, my God. I feel so seen. <laughs> but, yeah. That's pretty much how I came out. Yeah. And then everyone in my family was like, finally. <laughs> and do like so I know you're non-binary was there a certain like moment that you came out with that or like certain like what led to that for you I feel like that was more so like the gender exploration was in college okay that. and at that point I wasn't really around family as much mm, yeah. and also was at the age where I didn't feel the need to have to explain myself yeah so I'm just like I go by JP my pronouns are they them and they're like, we don't get that. And I'm like, didn't expect you to. But, you know, my world, my people, the hen stuff. Yeah. They respect it. And that's who I'm around 24-7. So my mom, for all of her friends, apparently I'm very good at explaining like pronoun sexuality stuff to adults. I'm By adults, you. I mean parents. She make videos. Um, well, because my mom literally now like if I call her and she has a friend who like has ever had a history or like an issue or not understood something, she has me go and explain it to them. And I would say like, I'm glad that I'm good at explaining it, but it does get like <laughs> kind of exhausting to like, th that's the frustrating with like coming out is like, it's not just one, you have to do it constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, it, it's frustrating that the default is straight and mm -hmm. anything past that, like you have to constantly explain. Yeah. So I've attempted to explain to a lot of, a lot of parents. 
with I'd say marginal success. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it's it's it has to do a lot with their view on the world and like there are a, a bunch of family members that are closed minded and there are some that are just open minded. Yeah. You tell them and it's like done. Right. It's done. It's like they them, JP. Now they see me. Hey JP. And then some will use the den name. And it's like, you know, you can't really teach an old dog new tricks, but you can if they are willing to. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> They're willing to respect you. If they, like, I think the trying is what counts. Like, my my brother's trans, and, like, I I don't really remember when he formally came out because I was so young. But, like, I remember, like, noticing when I was probably, like, 10 or something. Mm. And, like, a lot of my family are not perfect about it. But, like, they at least try, and I think, like, I see in my brother the reaction between the people in my family who at least try and they fuck up, but they try. Yeah. And people who don't. Yeah. I think fear is a big factor. Yeah. People are terrified of to getting it mess wrong. Up. Right. And like, there was no bullet wound. I'm fine. Like, you're trying, and that's a whole lot more than most of the people in my life have done. So, um, 100%. It, <laughs> find it actually kind of funny. People are like, oh my God, I offended you when they're like, girl, please. And I'm like, it's fine. You can say girl, please. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> there are some words that are very much gendered, but it's like they're not used like that. Like, hey, guys. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'd say the only exception is when like someone's like, hey, ladies or like afternoon, sweetheart. Like any of those like old timey straight men things. Like when someone like especially a server comes to say, hey, ladies, I'm like. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's usually now that you like whenever I'm like at dinner, it's always the hey ladies. Yeah. Like context, yes. A 100%. So before we let you go, I want to hear a bit about like stand up and comedy because oh. this is something super interesting. Um, how did you get into it? Okay. So started in college. Mm -hmm. I was like a huge fan of girl code and guy code on okay. MTV. Mm -hmm. And that's what got me to join the stand-up club for the college. It was called Bing Stand-Up, Binghamton Stand-Up. Shout out. <laughs> and uh, started with that, and I was doing comedy. They really just were like, get on stage. You have five minutes. And just trial and error. And, I mean, you're performing for college kids, so that's, like, exactly my demographic. I'm like, we all have the same brains. We all have the right. same for you pages. I can make a joke and make all of you laugh in five seconds. So was, that was, like, easy. And then it got to a point where I got the opportunity to be the comedy chair on the SAPB, like the Student Association Program. Oh, cool. To, like, book comics to come to the school. That's awesome. And, it, I mean, it's a huge college. So they pretty much give you, like, a pretty decent budget. And I they're bet. like, hire a comic that you think the majority of students would like. And it's, it's like a way for the school to give back. Like, thanks for, you know, selling your soul to our tuition. And... <laughs> Here, Pete Davidson. So <laughs> I got to hire like whoever Pete I wanted. Pete Davidson. That's yeah, so I actually funny. did. Yeah, he came to the school, and oh that was super God. cool. That one sold out, of course. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think that was like his Ariana Grande era. But my Boy, the first show, that. first show I did was with Nicole Byer and Carly Acolino. Okay, awesome. which are two comics. I mean, they've done much more now, but they started on like Girl Code on yes. TV. And that was, like, so full circle for me because I was, like, these are two comics that I've looked up to and really, like, inspired me to do comedy. And I got to do that show. Blah, blah, blah. Down the line, I end up hiring Deanne Smith, which is a queer comic. Okay, cool. Huge fan. All right, and, I got to look it up. Oh, my God. They're amazing. They're on Netflix. I think it's, like, Comics Around the World or something like that. They're just – they're incredible. And I saw, like, a few viral videos on Facebook of them performing – and they're like, oh, they're in the area. Do you want them to come to the school? And I was like, might as well. Like, I, I think that'd be great. And to also just show, like, a 
broad spectrum of like sexualities and whatnot. Yeah. And like, you know, get these people out there. And then the person that was representing them to uh, like booking them at the school was like, hey, I'm looking for a lesbian comic to open up for Deanne. Do you know anyone? And me being also in the stand up club, I was like, I know all the comics and I am the token lesbian. So I was like, that would be me. <laughs> that would be me. That would be me. And uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, do you want to like go on tour with Deanne? And I was like, yeah. So we just did like a little college tour around oh like God. the upstate awesome. New York area. It was amazing. And Deanne is just like the most genuine human I've ever met. And we both moved to New York at the same time. And we've kept in contact. They do like a, sh a monthly show or every other month because they're so busy um, <laughs> at Union Hall. And keeping in contact with them and just like the opportunities they've given me has really helped me and kept me going. Mm -hmm. And especially my manager, Jerry. Jerry's still in Binghamton. Oh. I miss him so much. And he really just like set my career off or like really inspired me to continue doing comedy. He's like, one day you're going to get famous and leave me behind. And I'm like, Jerry, no, like I'll never leave you behind. Yeah. And he's just really, really kept me going. Like every time I bombed or had not a great show, because I performed around like Brooklyn and Manhattan where I'm not knowing what the audience is going to be like. And mm -hmm. might be a bunch of people that are like, what is they, them, what is yeah. queer? Most yes. of the time is. And, you know, you're walking in blind and, you know, you have your set. You can't really change it last minute. You can do as much improv as you can, but... There are some people that we're just not going to find the same things funny. We're from two completely different worlds. And Jerry's just always been there to be like, you're amazing. Like, you're going to be famous one day. And I'm like, all right, Jerry, calm down, calm Aww. down. But he's he's gassed me up, like, to the extent to keep me going. And I've been doing comedy for, like, five, six years now. And wow. I'm still doing shows. I just did a show, like, Metropolitan, T Ooh. for T, shout out. And, yeah, I'm keeping up with it while I'm bartending pretty yeah. much full time yeah. but look it's yeah. hard i mean manager name i don't know why. i know jerry, jerry i was like ice giving jerry is like, giving. Giving. I'm like jerry. jerry in my mind i don't know if it's right but i feel he like he was I'm at exactly woodstock right. he is old that's school. exactly the man i'm imagining <laughs> no he's incredible i love him so much but yeah and one more question when you like are writing a set like, what goes into that? Like, how many jokes do you have to write? Like, how much do you actually go off the cuff? Like, like how does that work? I feel like now I've learned to just, like, jot down, like, a single word that will trigger, like, a memory or anecdote. Okay. Um, You know, still working through it. But, yeah, uh, pretty much just living. I'm li living in, in this world. It's yeah. so funny when you, like, really break it down. Yeah. So I'll write down, like, a bunch of, like, stories or just, like, one-liners of, like, funny thoughts I had while trotting across the street one day. And um, then I'll end up timing it and be like, oh, this happens to be five minutes or six minutes. And then I'll know when I get on stage, like, I already have prepared five minutes. So try and work with the crowd, do crowd work for whatever your allotted time is. Interesting. To get through the uh, the set, yeah. How do you, like, navigate crowd work? How do you know what to say? Like, what, like, how? Or, like, That's do you feel the vibe question. of the room? That's a question. I definitely feel the vibe of the room. Okay. I have to know, you know, what you're working with. It's yeah. much easier for me to do crowd work at, like, any queer bar. Right. Or any, like, Brooklyn bar where people are around my age when I'm in, like, an old school comedy club in Brooklyn. Or not Brooklyn. In, uh, what was it? Greenwich Village. That was, like, old, old school one. Mm. I'm like, okay, so y'all are all double my age. Um hate the gays and don't know what gender fluidity is. You know is. what TikTok is? Yeah. No, no <laughs> like, idea. I'm like my FYP. They're like, you're what? Yeah. FYI? And I'm like, oh my God. But yeah, no, it's it's definitely tricky. 
That's so cool, though. I admire people who do. I love going to see a comedy show, and I so admire because, sure, we've done a, a specific type of performing, but I don't think I could get up there just like by myself and try and make people laugh. Like, I really commend people who do it. Trying to make people laugh is deeply vulnerable. Yeah. And like, when you fail, you know. That's another thing I was thinking of. Like, what you were saying, like, just getting on stage and doing it, it's like, you also have to take into account who was before you. Yeah. Did they bomb and now mm. the audience is like, I don't even want to be here anymore. Ooh. Get me more shots. Or did they do amazing and now the standards are so high that they're like, oh, yeah. Last guy was better. So it really depends. And I've had some crazy scenarios where people have bombed in the most controversial aspects. I mean, comedy is so... Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. Nowadays, and sometimes it can be like, oh, you can interpret that different ways. And sometimes it can be like, no, that was fully racist and you were wrong for that. Right. So going on stage after someone like that, it's like... The, the, oh my God, the vibe of that room must be... Terrible. There's a lot of times where I see men's comedy, like particularly straight white men, where it's like, the comedy is, I hate women. And I'm like, Bad everyone's it. like, standing ovation. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, this is what, what I'm working with. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. It's been some great times, been some horrible times, but just remembering that, like, the good times are going to be amazing keeps me going. Mm-hmm. And also just knowing that every comic under the sun has had the worst day or the worst time on stage has bombed the worst times and you have to bomb a a million times to make it a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent Whitney Cummings taught me that I'm a question have you ever watched good uh, for you what sorry (laughs) 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 sorry Whitney Cummings podcast good for you it's me oh I do know her uh have you ever watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel I have seen clips but it's on my list yeah, it's very good. I do recommend. But I wanted to ask, uh, which won't make sense, but I was going to ask, like, you, you get to see, uh, like, sort of montages of her working on bits and sort of how, like, the mini adjustments that she tests yeah. to get to, like, the different places. Are you, like, more scripted where you tend to say the same thing every time and test out slight variations? Or is it a lot more, mm-hmm. like, this is the general idea and I say the words in completely different orders every time, but it's the same theme? I feel like I get very discouraged if people don't like my set. Mm-hmm. So then I cha- I'll i change like the whole thing. But I have to remind myself to do that set multiple times and use different tones. And okay. Maybe I was speaking too fast the first time. People didn't even know what I was saying. Mm. You know, there's so many little things like you were saying, like just the tiniest little things. And even in my like set notes, I'll write like say this like this like high pitched or like say this mm. low pitched or just like wait after you say this give them a chance to process and laugh yeah sometimes it's, you know you get so nervous you're spit firing and they're like wow I finished that set in two minutes and I have three minutes left and now I'm stuck on stage mm. <laughs> what do I say now and yeah yeah it's very tricky that's so psychological i know i love going but i love going to see comedy shows but it's so interesting to hear like what happens behind the scenes of it all and how it like comes together because all i'm seeing is a person that is like up there like very vulnerable on stage by themselves like trying to make people laugh so it's really cool to hear like the process behind it all yeah yeah well our last question for you we ask everybody this can you tell us a recent time that you felt clueless? It can be big, small. Anything in uh, between. Yeah. Every single day. <laughs> I am clueless. Yeah. I'm very much like a live in the moment person, deal with a problem when it happens. And 
Yeah, no, I'm always clueless. I never know where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do next. But I'm like, trust in the universe, trust in yourself, mm. work on growth. And just like, as long as you're solid and secure with yourself, the world will work with you. And you can trust in the universe. And that's just what I've been banking on for 25 years. And, you know, I think it's pretty well with where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm not in a pyramid scheme anymore, so I think I'm doing pretty well. Hey, that's... that's not that. in a period scheme anymore. I always told people our school was, like, big on sororities, and people, like, are going to join one. And I was like, I'm already in one cult. I don't need the second one. <laughs> Musical theater cult. Yeah. Selling insurance was not for me, but, you know, you live and you learn. <laughs> And that is, that's the tea. That's the truth of this podcast. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. You want to tell the people where they can follow you? Mm -hmm. You can follow me on Instagram, JP underscore Nicoletta, or on TikTok. Sometimes I'd be making them like 7 a.m. before I go to sleep. (laughs) And uh, that's my name's JP. Do you have any comedy shows coming up? Oh, yeah. I have to book one. You'll see. I'll post it Yeah, on post it. I'll Let us know. Y'all. Watch the stories. Yeah, yes. watch the stories and I'll send like a direct DM, you know. Slay. And you know. <laughs> and like you said, direct DM. Direct. 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 Direct, 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 DM. direct message. <laughs> Strictly to you. And you guys know you can follow us on Instagram at Completely Fucking Clueless. And on TikTok and YouTube at Completely F-C-K-I-N-G Clueless. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, JP, for being here. Have an amazing. Thanks for bringing your. Yes, and thanks for bringing alcohol. We gotta finish this bottle. Oh my god, tonight's gonna be a wild night, you guys. Um, have an amazing Tuesday. Have an amazing week, and don't forget to be motherfucking clueless. Bye. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.